From Boston University and BU Alumni Relations, welcome to Proud to Be You Around the World. I'm your host, Jeff Murphy, and this season, we're taking the podcast on the road to meet some of our most interesting and accomplished alumni navigating life and careers in cities across the globe. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome guest host Corinne Tremuda back to the podcast. Corinne's my colleague here in the alumni office, and she's working to build strong alumni networks in the Midwest and Southern United States. She's also a fellow Terrier, having earned her master's degree in advertising in 2017. Corinne, thanks again for being part of Proud to Be You. Take it away. Thanks, Jeff. My guest today is Carrie Giannullius. Carrie earned her bachelor's degree from the College of Communication in the class of 1996. After she graduated, Carrie followed her passions and built a dynamic career in the entertainment industry, spanning Creative Artist Agency, Jersey Films, and Universal Pictures. Today, she owns her own interior design business based in Chicago, aptly named Carrie Giannullius Design. She joined me on the podcast to explore her unique career path and the joy she's found as an entrepreneur. So Carrie, welcome to the Proud to Be You podcast. As we said, we're so happy to have you on the show this morning, and I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to interview you. And I can't wait for you to share your story with our alums. But before we get into that, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your roots where you're from and where you grew up, just so that we can sort of learn more about you. Sure. Thank you uh, for having me, Corinne. And um, so I was born in New Jersey in a little town called Brigantine, which is right outside of Atlantic City. And then when I was very, very young, my parents decided to move down to Florida. So I grew up in North Palm Beach. I went to school there. I went to public schools uh, for elementary, junior high, high school, um, and then graduated and went to, you know, Boston University. So So you've been all over the East Coast. I have. New Jersey, Florida, Boston. Yeah. Well, Florida, Boston, and then, you know, in my later years, I left and moved uh, to Los Angeles. And then from Los Angeles, I am now in Chicago. So yeah, I guess you could say I'm a little bit of a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Well, what made you want to come up to Boston to go to BU and leave the warm climate in Florida? This is a really funny story. If you're a Floridian, you are going to the University of Florida or you are going to FSU. I mean, that's just kind of like where everybody ends up. At the time, I had a boyfriend who went to Boston College. He was a year older than me. And I also had a girlfriend in high school who was going to go to Boston University. And so my boyfriend at the time said, you should just fill out the application and, you know, see if you could end up in Boston. And I thought, oh, this is such a long shot, right? And at the time, I think you're going to laugh. But I think Boston University was... 25,000 for the year. And that was really expensive at the time. And I thought, how am I going to get there? So I ended up filling out the application and I did what it was to get uh, a scholarship. It came back in the mail that I had gotten in. And not only had I gotten in, but I had a pretty much a full academic scholarship to go to the school. So it was sort of like, how could you say no? Right. I mean, here's right. this opportunity 
to leave Florida to sort of leave what everybody's doing for us, you know, like in my community, and then, you know, travel this distance and sort of gain some independence. So I was all in. So you're studying marketing and advertising through Com. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your time at BU, you know, going to Com. Where did you hang out on campus? Um, what activities were you involved in? So um, I lived in Sleeper on the fifth floor. I want to say it was like 517. And don't even ask me how I remember that number. But <laughs> I was with my girlfriend from Florida. We had chosen each other as roommates, this girl named Jackie. And we we hung out with a lot of people who were over on that side because, you know, basically where you lived is sort of where you had your friends. And then I felt like if we weren't at school, you know, Boston's in the city. So it's not one of those campuses, as you know, that you are um, hanging out on the rolling hills or anything like that. You're kind, of, you're, you're kind of hanging out in the city. So we would all pick spots, but I definitely remember us meeting up a lot in the sort of cafeteria area, the big one. I'm spacing on the name right now, but you know, the large area where everyone eats. The union, the JSU. Yes. the union. <laughs> um, But back then we were definitely, I went back to visit a few years later and there was such healthy food in there. And I thought, oh my God, this is exactly why we gained the freshman 15. Cause during when I lived there, it was not the same type <laughs> of food. So we hung out a lot there you know, um, I loved Calm. I thought Calm was great. I had started off in the College of Liberal Arts and just didn't find that I was helping, like, give me direction, I guess, for what I was going to do. It definitely, I thought, helped for if you wanted to be a writer or if you were sort of looking for a literary career. But that was not sort of the direction I was heading in. So uh, Calm, and then I did a concentration in marketing and advertising. So Love it. So I know that your husband is also an alum. Did yes. you know each other while at school? Yes. So he actually, he was first living, I want to say Warren Towers, and then he moved over to Sleeper and he ended up being on our same floor. And he and I were best of friends. So you know, all my girlfriends like dated him. George was, you know, the hot guy in college. <laughs> all the girls wanted to date him. And he, I just remained friends with him. And then we remained friends after college. We were still best friends. And then it didn't turn romantic until we were in our 30s. And then now look at us almost 12 years later and three kids. Wow. Oh my God. I love that story. And we at the alumni office always love hearing about alumni love stories and how they come to be. Every Valentine's Day, we do like a special uh, story in Bostonia. So I need to flag this. And hopefully we can interview you guys in the future because that would be so fun. Oh, for sure. They're very funny. It's too long for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I know. It's probably such a great story. Okay, so I really want to get into these moves that you made around the country after BU. So after graduating, you went out to LA and now you're in Chicago. So I would love to sort of hear about that journey that took you from Boston to LA with, you know, a marketing and advertising degree from Com, and then eventually ending up in the Windy City. So 
uh, I was getting ready to graduate college and I, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do yet. I was always fascinated by the entertainment industry, but I was also fascinated by the fashion industry. So I flipped a quarter. This is so crazy. I flipped a quarter and heads was New York and tails was LA. And I just thought, let's just leave this up to the universe, right? It ended up being tails. So I got in a car with a friend of mine, sold everything I owned and drove across country and ended up in Los Angeles. I did not know a single person there. I had a friend of a friend um, who just sort of gave me information as to how the industry, I mean, a very top line of how the industry worked. And I really didn't know much about the entertainment industry other than, you know, the celebrities you like and the movies you like and the music you listen to. And so there is a magazine that most of the trades uh, read out in Los Angeles and it's called The Hollywood Reporter. And so in The the Hollywood Reporter was an ad, you know, asking, you know, one of the top talent agencies, uh, you know, jobs there. So I went and I interviewed with this woman, I'll never forget her name, Arlene Newman. And she was very respected in the industry. Like if she liked you, you were going to get a a good job. And if she did not like you, bye-bye. And her and I hit it off and she made me an assistant at CAA. Um, And that's Creative Artists Agency, which is, you know, one of the top five agencies. They represent, you know, a lot of artists, both musical, television, writers, actors, And so I became an assistant there and I worked there for, you know, a little less than a year. And my boss at the time, bless his heart, because I really like him now, but he was going through a really tough time. He was losing, you know, many of his artists and stuff like that. And so he was having a bad day and said something really off color. Like if you had said it in today's industry with the whole Me Too movement, Oh, God. Oh, my God. He'd be in jail. Yeah. But, um, but back then, you know, this was how the industry worked. It was just sort of like you you take it because uh, if you don't, somebody else is there to replace you. So but I did sort of not feel like it was a right situation for me anymore. So I reached out to friends of friends and they ended up hooking me up with someone who worked at Danny DeVito's company, which was Jersey Films and Records at the time. And so they had just come off the high of making Pulp Fiction, Get Shorty, you know, a bunch of films. And I went there and I interviewed because they were starting a record label. And the record label was going to do soundtracks for uh, all their, you know, films. So I went there, started working with them. Um, While at the same time, the woman who I worked for also managed the Sex Pistols. So I ended up like working on all the Sex Pistols, uh, you know, publishing rights. I helped create their movie, The Filth and the Fury. Um, While at the same time, we were working on, you know, all of the Jersey films. It's incredible. Yeah. So it was really, really fun. And I had some of the, you know, the greatest bosses um, and I will say that that the people who I have worked for along the way, 
I have loved, I've really sort of loved all of my bosses. I feel like I learned so much from all of them. And, you know, they all recognized what a hard worker I was. And so that definitely, I think, helped me climb the ladder in every single job that I've had. Absolutely. So after Jersey, um, I went for a short time to work in a dot-com, because this was like during the dot-com boom, uh, called style365.com. And it was this online directory for high-end luxury brands. And I worked in the advertising uh, part with a woman named Vicki Lasden Rose, who is now the publisher of Us Weekly and has been for many, many years. And she's very well respected in uh, the publishing world. So I worked for them until, you know, the money sort of ran out. And then my old boss at Jersey Records, this woman named Stacy Cher, had said to me, let me introduce you to Terry Curtin, who runs the publicity at Universal Pictures. And I said, okay, great. Um, And I went in, I interviewed with her, and she hired me that day and said, I don't know what you're going to do yet, but you're just going to come work with us. I love you, and I think you've got it, and I can't wait to have you on the team. So I went there, I started consulting for a year, and quickly, you know, moved up the ladder again. And they moved me into the marketing division, which worked on partnerships. So what I did was I oversaw all of the creative between the brands, the actors, and the studio. And so when we would have a campaign, say, you know, cat in a hat or something like that, I would be the go between between Nestle and you know, all these really big brands and then the movie and then the actors like, you know, Mike Myers or whoever it was. That's what I did. That is so cool. Yeah. Honestly, you got to meet like so many famous people and now you run your own interior design business. Like what a complete opposite end of the spectrum here. It is so very different. You know, what ended up happening is that, you know, George and I found love I, you know, I had to come to Chicago because he has very deep seated roots here. Um, And I was sort of ready for a change. I had been in the entertainment industry for, you know, quite some time and just decided that I wanted to move. So I moved to Chicago and we started building our first house and I had hired an interior design firm here in Chicago. Very, very nice guys. But we just didn't seem to mesh up like our, our sensibility, our creative sensibility. I was very much more laid back and had sort of taken some cues from my time in Los Angeles and, you know, which is a very relaxed sort of atmosphere, you know, and Chicago is much more traditional. So I ended up not working with them anymore and just completed the house on my own And then what happened was it was just sort of word of mouth after that. You know what I mean? People came, they saw the house, they said, will you do mine? Um, And 10 years later, here I am. That's such a crazy story. Like, do you feel like there weren't any early warning signs showing you that this is what you would be doing? It was sort of just 
right place, right time with where you were at in your life? I think that you always, whether it's fashion or whether it's interiors, I think you know what you like. And I think that it's putting it together in the right way. And for me, it's just intuitive. You know, so no, if you had said to me, you're going to Boston and you're going to end up being an interior designer, I would have said, what? Um, but, you know, there were always signs like I always loved taking care of my house. My mom always, you know, we had a pretty house when we were growing up. Um, so I've always loved design in some fashion, you know, whether it was fashion design or interior design. And I think that this, yeah, was just sort of, the right timing, it all came together. Absolutely. And the other thing I really liked about it was my whole life, I had always worked for other people and, and I loved it. You know, I had, like I said, great bosses, but this was the first time that it was really sort of reliant on me. Um, and so I was really up for that challenge. Absolutely. Yes. So what do you feel like are the characteristics maybe not necessarily skills that you feel are needed in your line of work to make you successful? Well, I would say it's not even just my line of work. I would say it's with every single job that I've ever had is that I always go above and beyond. So just doing the status quo and just you know, going to work and collecting the paycheck and, you know, living your life after that will never get you far in life. It's always these contacts that I made, you know, these, the, the idea that I was doing more than everybody else that was surrounding me, I think really sort of set me apart from other people. Absolutely. No, that's great advice. There's something I read in, um, sophisticated living magazine about you. This was an interview they did with you. And I feel like this completely showcases how you go above and beyond with the notion that design is a storytelling process. Yeah. And so there was this quote, there's nothing in here that doesn't have a story or isn't placed because it has a special meaning in our lives, says Carrie. Everything has a memory attached to it. So I feel like that tells me that you really want to tell people's stories through getting into their homes and setting up their sanctuary in a way. And to me, that says that you really go above and beyond to make sure that their space is welcoming and can last and, you know, be a space of memory and comfort for them. So when I read that, I just thought that was such a great showcase of what you do. Thank you. You know, everyone has their own design style, but you have to remember when you're you're in someone's home and you're making this space for them that, you know, this is their story. This is not your story. This may be how you bring their story to life, but you're not designing for you. You're designing for them. Absolutely. Totally. So what is it like working in interior design in Chicago? Because I'm sure that every market has its own flair, but does, does Chicago feel like the right market for your business? 
Um, it's really interesting that you say that because I, I just had this conversation with my girlfriend the other day, who's also a designer. Um, there is definitely, I definitely do have work here in Chicago, but I have found also that some of my clients are in Los Angeles. So a lot of people who gravitate towards my design are in Los Angeles and some in Chicago as well. But, and also on my Instagram, I can see that there are followers from all over. Um, so some in New York, Los Angeles, and then overseas. So I always find that interesting. Like I kind of go in there and peek around to see, but I think that, you know, I don't, I don't take on, I'm a more of a boutique design firm. So I am definitely not about taking on as much work as possible. For me, it's about the quality versus the quantity. And so I will take, you know, I will, I really sort of vet the jobs before I take them on just because I want to make sure that that's a good outcome for all that are involved. And I have ended up with the most amazing clients. Like I am best of friends with all my clients, which is such a nice feeling at the end of the day, you know? Oh, absolutely. It probably makes the job so much more fun. Yeah. I mean, I work with them and then we've gone on to do their second homes or whatever, you know, but it's just, there's this rapport there. They trust you. They, they understand that you're going to come in and you're going to put pull it together, but it's going to be them. Absolutely. Yes. So I have two last questions for you here about design, and then I want to get into lessons learned. But I'm curious to know how you stay sharp and keep up with uh, trends coming down in your industry and how you can sort of use that to inspire your work. Well, I would say that it's so funny because I don't really follow the trends. Because, I mean, listen, everybody looks at things and they're like, that's so cute or, you know, that's a great idea. Um, But I do have this very strong feeling that trends come and go and they always do. You know, what's what's here today is gone tomorrow. However, and then it comes back around and then it comes back around. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's interiors, whether it's fashion, doesn't matter. I really strongly believe that you have to develop your own sense of personal style. And quite frankly, instead of looking at the trends that are coming out, I will actually revert back to historical images. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. So I really don't, um, I don't look at those, uh, the new things like what's coming out in tile and what's, you know, all that type of stuff. I actually look back to, you know, previous designers Uh, who came before me. I look at images from around the world because I do think that we, I'm very influenced by a lot of European design. I like their sensibility that you can just make things work if you really love it, more so than everything has to have a place, you know? Um, a little bit more right. free flowing of a style versus a um, an equation, you know. Yes. Whose home would be an absolute dream job for you to design? I'm so curious. 
Oh gosh, that's a really good question. Um, well, she's an amazing designer herself, but like Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. I mean, I think her style is so on point. It's, she's just, she even said, I think that if she had not, you know, gone into the whole entertainment field that she would have been a designer. She's, she's amazing. I love it. Her or anyone in the music industry. Like I'm always, I love the creativity of musicians. Oh, for sure. They, I feel like they have such an eclectic style. Yeah. I love it. I had no idea that Ellen would have gone into design. So that's so interesting. I love that answer. Oh yeah. She's, I mean, you should see her houses. They're, they're on point. (laughs) So what do you feel like are the skills you learned from your time at BU that helped shape your career? You obviously have been so successful in everything that you've done. You've lived in so many different places. You've worked for so many different people and now you're working for yourself. So you know, were there any experiences at BU that you feel helped to shape that path? I definitely feel that because uh, BU is in the city, that I became more independent. I became more aware being in a big city versus being in, you know, North Palm Beach, Florida. I think that it taught me how to manage Um, and juggle many things at the same time while having to, you know, keep up your, your GPA. And I will say that being at Calm was very helpful in knowing that I would be in something relating to other people, whether that was marketing or advertising or publicity. I was not going to be an economics major. You know, I was not going to do anything like that coming out of school. And I do think that it helps sort of set the basis or, you know, the groundwork for me then translating that into my marketing career. Um, And even now with design, you know, you as a designer, you have to always know what publicity is good for you to do, what marketing is good for you to do. How do you sort of craft your image for the public because, you know, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. You could go around doing everything. Um, but I think that then dilutes the message, right? Yep. Uh, you want people to have a clear indication of who you are and, and what you're all about. Absolutely. What advice would you tell your younger self? Oh, gosh, that's another good question. I would say that this is just the beginning, right? And take every single experience and learn something from it. Because what you may do when you're coming out of school may not be what you're doing later in life. And by the way, that's okay. Because I also came from the generation of you just need to go out and get a job. You know, we were Generation X. We were the kids who uh, you were sort of left on your own. And or that's what they say. But, you know, it did help you to sort of gain some independence and, you know, enjoy your time in college. Because quite frankly, that's where I made some of my best friends that I still have today. I met the love of my life from there. Um And I do think that it's a solid education coming out of there. 
And then you will figure out what you want to do by having different jobs and working for different people, what you'll like, what you won't like. It doesn't all have to be figured out the second you get out of college. Um, you will evolve. The person you are at 20 will not be the person you are at 30, will not be the person you are at 40. And you'll just take journeys with you along the way. Such great advice. What do you hope to achieve next? Like this next phase of your life? Now that you have your home that you've designed with George and your kids, like what's next for you? I don't know. You know what? I don't really think that my final chapter has been written yet. And I've been saying that for the last year, but I quite frankly have not figured out what it is yet. I think it will just present itself as everything else did. Um, But I will say too, that I am very focused on, you know, my children as well and making sure, you know, that they're getting their education. You know, your children are your legacy, right? You took the words right out of my mouth. I was thinking of the word legacy in my mind. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So everything I do in life will, will be something, you know, that will make me happy or that will sort of you know, add to my journey, but what will be left at the end of the day are my kids. And so they are really my focus. Well, and is the Giannullius family going to be a BU legacy family one day? I mean, we might be because quite frankly, we're all in the same elementary school that the boys went to here as well. Oh my gosh. So watch out, BU. You may just have another generation coming your way. (laughs) Well, Carrie, thank you so much for your time this morning. It was so great talking to you and learning more about the interior design world and your life up until this point. So thank you again for being here. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks again, Carrie, for joining me on the podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Carrie and to see some of her incredible designs, Be sure to check out the links in the show notes of this episode. Nice job, Corinne. And my thanks to Carrie as well for being part of Proud to Be You. On behalf of everyone on the BU Alumni Relations team, thanks so much for listening to Proud to Be You. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you find your episodes. I'm Jeff Murphy, and no matter where your path takes you, be proud to be you. The Proud to Be You podcast is produced by Boston University Alumni Relations. Our theme is from Jump and APM Music. To learn more about Proud to Be You, visit bu.edu slash alumni slash podcast.